Welcome to NAMM. You got anything here promoting specifically? Yeah. Um, so uh, this year, uh, Jackson premiered my signature Pro Series Warrior. Nice. So um, last year, there was a, a custom shop run that did. It was a limited amount. Um, this one is going to be uh, sort of more mass-produced. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to more people getting to check them out. Yep. Turning more people, more kids on to playing guitar and yeah. your guitar. Yeah, if I can be, you know, a, a one small little, play one small little role in that, I think that's a good thing because uh, it's good to have more music in the world. We definitely need more of it. We need yeah. more kids picking up those guitars. Yeah, they're the future of, of heavy metal, man. we got to start them young. I was thinking about it on the way here. For some reason, ACDC popped in my, in my head. Mm-hmm. Who made who? And I started going, yeah, who made who? Who made you? Yeah, who, who did make you as a musician? Who was uh, it for you? For me, it was Aerosmith. Um, ah. So I got really into Joe Perry when I was a kid, 11, 12, or something like that. What album were you talking? Like, uh, well, I mean, this was like right. I think when this was back in like the '90s, so like when like Nine Lives came out, okay. um, uh, that was like I just kind of got tuned into it. Went out and like asked my mom to get me you know, get, get guitar, <laughs> and she's like, "All right, you know, you got to take lessons though." And like, not really sure if I was going to stick with it. Ever since then, I just couldn't couldn't put the thing couldn't down. So down. Aerosmith, I got really obsessed with like Guns and Roses. Kind of shortly after that, I feel like the deeper I got into guitar playing, it was like sort of one band after another because everything was like so new and I wanted to try to attempt it on the instrument you know yeah. working on like Aerosmith songs and then I'd gotten to Guns N' Roses and I would just sort of like solo over like just kind of improvise over the Guns N' Roses albums for like hours as a kid and then it was like Pantera and then that was like my real gateway drug into like all things like heavy metal because they were repping like cool band shirts and stuff like that and I'd be like oh, who, who, who's this band you know well, and they so, didn't have a uniform like everyone else right exactly exactly so it's like oh they're just like dressing like you know me and my friends and right. like so looking up different bands and stuff. Now, did Phil bring the growls out of you? Is that where you started kind of? Yeah, that, that, maybe... that was an, a huge influence on me as a, as a vocalist was you know, listening to Pantera records and trying to emulate that. And then I got into like death metal and thrash metal and all these different types of metal. But Pantera was the was the gateway. So from Aerosmith to Guns N' Roses to Pantera and then to everything under everything the sun. Else. Yeah. And, and <laughs> actually like around the same time that I was getting into Pantera, I started going to uh, music high school mm-hmm. and that was my first introduction to jazz. So while I'm exploring all those guitar heroes in the rock and metal world, I was also learning transcriptions of like West Montgomery or Pat Martino. Really heavy hitting amazing. More odd time signatures and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, just like a totally different way of playing. I mean, you know, swing feels is very much its own thing so I was kind of absorbing so much uh, very like influential time period, you know, that, those teenage years, um, early teens and put myself through the ringer, I'll tell you <laughs> that, you know, between metal and jazz and stuff like that, but those were the other side of my influences on, in, a, in the Me jazz too, room. Me too, man, actually. Yeah. My dad was staunch jazz like that was all I listened to oh, and then cool. I found metal and cool, cool. kind of melded those worlds. But let's yeah. talk about let's talk about the last album, Great Is Our Sin. Yep. Am I uh, wrong in, in smiling and laughing at that little tongue-in-cheek, little having some fun, or am oh, I missing the, point oh, of the oh, album title? Oh, the, so, so the album title is sort of reflective, I think, of the um, general concept uh, of the record is sort of the folly of man throughout the ages. And it's, it actually comes from a Charles Darwin quote. It says, like, if the misery of the poor be caused not by the laws of nature, but by our own institutions, great is our sin. So I thought that was a really powerful quote, the, the last little part of it that would be great for an album title because there's certainly a litany of sins of mankind uh, over the years and so that album was kind of tackling different things not in like necessarily chronic- chronological order like throughout the record but I would just maybe pick different things that happened in different time periods and or things that are happening in modern society and try to base the whole record around that theme of great as our sin. Love talking to singers and I get some uh, insight lyrically and little song introduction so I wanted to throw some out here. Sure. The album opener, Arbiters of the Apocalypse. A very biblical song so the Arbiters of the Apocalypse are the four horsemen and I tried to take what each horseman represents and put it through like a, a filter of like how that's happening like in, in the world around us or Today. how that has happened you know so you know, war 
um, war, famine, death, pestilence. It's coming from a you know, biblical story, but like maybe it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy that mm. these things have kind of actually come true. A little history repeating. Exactly. Yeah. One of my favorite to just say, profanum vulgus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, profanum vulgus, Latin for the common herd, and it's sort of my critique of the uh, highest of the upper class echelon, uh, and I think you know sometimes the, the way they view everyone beneath that sort of tax bracket. Nose and, up and, in the air, kind of. And Yeah, and just sort of like how like a lot of people, whether they're the working class or just sort of like are seen as more like disposable and, and uh, just sort of like a means for them to kind of continue like, you know, sort of stepping stones to get to where and to maintain their, uh, their hierarchy, status. their status in the social order, which I'm obviously not a big fan of. <laughs> and then uh, my favorite jam, communion. Communion, yeah, that's um, back from my time in uh, parochial school. I went to Catholic school as a kid and, you know, went to church and the whole kind of concept of receiving communion was always sort of odd to me. I mean, you're supposed to be like eating, you know, not a representation, like, but, you know, it's supposed to be Lord, literally the body and blood of Christ. So I always, it always sort of was odd to me. You know, I kind of took it off and spun my own little story of it, of like, you know, like some sort of new prophet uh, who actually has his followers cannibalize him uh, <laughs> and this sort of cathartic, uh, messed up, sort of warped view of religion. And uh, I guess in a, in a greater sense, like, you know, sort of looking at how you know, religion, like the tenets of it and like how some people like take it to like the extreme, really do a lot of harm in, you know, taking texts very literally or like having their own incredibly warped interpretation of different texts and how that can just cause misery for a lot of people. That song in particular I want to talk to you about too showed up on the Power Rangers soundtrack. It did. How did that all come about? You know, I don't know, but someone <laughs> who works at Lionsgate or Power Rangers or whatever is apparently a fan, which is cool. I mean, my, my manager gave me a call at like uh, 9 p.m. or something like that, like 9.30. Like he never calls me that late, so I'm like, oh, what's, what's going on? Bad news or good news? And he was like, yeah, Power Rangers called. They want you guys. I'm like, all right, sign me up. You know, I was a big Power Rangers fan as a kid. I'm yeah. sure like you know, everyone in my generation was a fan. So it was a total trip. Did to... you ever go see the movie in the theater? Oh, oh, yeah, oh the yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my mom like was like, we're going to, to the Power Rangers movie, David. I'm like, all right, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down. I want, I want to check did this it, thing did out. Did it come out in a crucial scene or is it kind of... It was. It was. Well, I mean, it wasn't like a lot. I mean, it was probably only in the movie for like, you know, five seconds. But it generated like all this press, which is funny, you know, to have all this big hubbub for only like a, a short, short clip. But I knew it was going to be like that. I mean, it's such an extreme song. I knew it right. wasn't going to... They're not going to play the whole song or anything. But it was funny. It was like a scene. They were kind of doing like origin stories of all the Power Rangers. And like, so like for one of like the rebellious teen girls who ended up becoming one of the Rangers, it was like kind of like her like meditating on like this like rock formation or something like that. And you assume it's going to be kind of more like a Zen thing because she was like a badass. She's like listening to Revocation <laughs> in her earbuds or whatever. So that was uh, that was kind of cool. And they did like an interesting thing with the, the sound design of it. Like I figured it was just kind of kind of fade in and fade out. But they like they did a weird kind of cut like right on one of the vocal parts and like put like an echo on it. So like as the camera kind of zoomed away, it was cool. It was like an application I didn't think was going to happen. They actually like really took the thing and, and created like a sound design of the song. So although that was cool just from like a, a you know musician's standpoint, like listening for different yeah. things. Like, oh, didn't think that they would do that. That's one thing I always rail about on the radio is soundtracks. Like, there used to be all these good movie soundtracks. Mm. You mentioned Guns N' Roses, like T2. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, that marriage of music mm-hmm. and movies. And curious if you have a, a good soundtrack that you remember from back in the day that used to jam all the time. Oh, man. If we're talking rock, like, you know, yeah. I, I loved, like, you know, as like a little kid, that movie Last Action Hero with yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, when, like, they're doing the uh, car chase and there's, like, just Uzis going off and cars <laughs> exploding. They start playing Big Gun by ACDC. Right. And it's, like, just such, like, a badass 
car chasing. But I mean, you know, honestly, like my favorite soundtracks are, are when they're more like orchestral, mm, um, more the Hans Zimmer kind of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, there's been so many great uh, soundtracks, but like you know, thinking about like some of those like Tim Burton movies or whatever, or, like you know, um, what is it, Edward Scissorhands had like right, a really right. quirky kind of interesting uh, soundtrack. Hans Labyrinth had this like really haunting melody that just sort of repeated throughout the film in, in different arrangements that I, that I really loved. It was like really beautiful. Like it's, it sounded like a, like a sad lullaby that kind of carried through the whole piece. And it's I love that because it's it's less sort of heavy handed. It's more like subconscious. Yeah. Um, and it can kind of creep in and like it can really affect your mood. I mean, music moves me in such a deep way. It's 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 cool when you hear different applications of it because I'm so used to being in the rock and metal scene. So like hearing like a string section or right. you know, something coming in on woodwinds and stuff like that. Kind of opens melodies. up your ideas. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's different ideas and it's also just sort of like a little bit of a break for the ear to hear it's different to still yeah. hear music but just you know not coming through like a full stack and <laughs> double bass right 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 speaking of new music where are we at I mean at 16 I feel like we're kind of getting due for a new one yeah we're we're gonna fulfill our quota <laughs> um, yeah no we're, we've got the 10 songs ready to go we're gonna go into the studio uh, pretty soon to start recording with Zeus again oh cool um, so this is probably you heard it here first I guess um, 2018 is gonna be the year uh, yeah yeah I mean it's, it's probably you know after we record it like it always takes a while to get everything situated with vinyl and this and that because um, you, you have to deal with like plants and stuff it's not just about getting it out there it's like right. there's, there's production involved and all that stuff so it probably won't come out until the fall no new music anytime soon but we are going to be going in there to, to start recording in the next like couple months awesome and then what about touring wise what do we got coming well we're going to do a, a tour in like Australia New Zealand okay. uh, we're going to be uh, doing like a couple festivals with Eson and Belfagor and then I think we're going to be doing some other sort of one off shows like in there with, with Belfagor I want to say maybe Psychroptic too I'm, I'm not sure yet what, what about what the that States? Bill is. nothing planned for the States we're actually just kind of laying low we, we did a lot of touring off Great Is Our Sin and yeah. like so the next tour we want to do would be like, like the a, album yeah it would be like a headliner come out like fresh on the album rather than like you know because we could squeeze one more in but then it's like what's the point you know we, mm. we do a tour like two months before the album comes out and then we're like just right back on the road like right. I'd rather maximize the impact of kind of staying away for a little while and then coming back with, with a, a proper tour with an album release behind it your label mates kind of ran into that problem this past summer not problem but like Black Dahlia like they did the tour they did the Summer Slaughter and then they put out the album right, you know, right. it's like yeah, I see the philosophy in not wanting to do that yeah you know with the Summer Slaughter it's it's, it's kind of it's own thing and um, you know I'm sure like headlining that you can't like can't pass that yeah. opportunity up when it comes across the table but yeah for us it's like we did three US tours so yeah I'd rather focus on like other different markets like maybe Europe and stuff like that and then we come back and do, do uh, the US cool yeah and then uh, just wrapping up here craft beer you're into craft beer love craft beer I could talk about that all day now we're talking yeah, yeah. I mean uh, Boston's or the New England area in general I'm biased but they really are putting out some of the best stuff I'm like, in love with the, the New England hazy yes, IPAs yes so Trillium you know if there's any beer fans out there if you can get your hands on some Trillium stuff um, it's, it's absolutely fantastic their double dry hopped IPAs are just delectable then like you know if you really kind of want to find like the holy grail there's a brewery called Treehouse which is like tucked away like in like western mass like you know it's like a good like hour and a half drive from from boston there they do an ipa called julius mm-hmm. and it just it tastes like just juice, juice. it's yeah, yeah. crazy how it's like the nectar of the gods so i love um, that yeah. that style in particular yep 
it's, it's, if you get a, your hands on a can of Julius, you will be a very happy can. Uh, i got to return the favor then since you're out here. Yeah. Are you staying locally? Yeah. There's a place eight miles away called Green Cheek. Green Cheek. In the city of Orange, right next town over. Okay. They specialize in the hazy IPAs, oh, and they're okay. killing it yeah, out here. Yeah. Same thing where you can't look through it. It's nice and cloudy. Right, right. I love it that. tastes like Mouth you're drinking feel. orange juice. Yeah, 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 like you can bite into it. Yeah. Okay. I'll try that. If I see any Green Cheek stuff on tap, I will 100%. Green Cheek's the, the way to go. I'll do it, man. Thank you for cool. the tip. Yeah. Thanks for the time.